Yeah, it's rewind time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second official episode of Rewind Time. I'm your host, Carson, and I'm just going to get right into the topics. Today we have a Cuphead Netflix show, some more updates on the arcade, Billy Mitchell's new Pac-Man score, Dr. Mario World, and more. So, I'm just going to go ahead and start with arcade updates. This is episode 3, 2, it depends, because there was also a pilot. And I guess this is just going to be a every episode thing, because it never ends. So if you haven't been following along, or just haven't listened to the podcast yet, I'm currently converting a completely broken Capcom bowling arcade machine into a MAME emulation machine. MAME being multiple arcade machine emulator. So I'm putting a Windows 10 computer in this. And I don't have many updates other than painting has been finished, finally, and the arcade is now indoors. I also have ordered the parts I need to fix the TV. I don't, not fix the TV, but modify it to RGB. But I'm going to keep the details small so that when I upload the video to YouTube, it's got new stuff in it about the arcade. So I'm going to keep that, that. Next topic. Um, I'm trying to pick one. What's a good one to go next? Dr. Mario World. So if you haven't been keeping up with Nintendo news, the game Dr. Mario now has a mobile version. And it's... So for those of you who don't know a lot about retro games, I mean, there's been newer versions, but not that anyone has actually played. <laughs> Dr. Mario is just this puzzle game. It was on NES, Arcade. There's a WiiWare version. There's a Dr. Luigi on Wii U. I think there's even a Dr. Wario. I could be wrong on that one, though. Anyway, there's now a mobile version, and it's pretty different, actually. I've played it a bit. It's only been out for a few days. And it's really fun. I like the original Dr. Mario, and the Wii version's pretty good. Haven't played the others. This style... Dr. Mario normally is kind of like a Tetris-y game. More like... It's kind of like Tetris 2, actually. But instead, this one, the viruses are laid out on the board, and then you actually drag the pills to the viruses. But once you drag them up, you can't bring them back down. And they, they're constantly going up once you drag them onto the field. So it's different in that way, but I don't know how else they would do it on mobile. Another thing is the Dr. Mario... Not Dr. Mario. The just Super Mario Run game for the, what they did with microtransactions was... They, uh... It was... When you play the game, you can play it for free. But in order to unlock everything, it's just a one-time payment of $10. Then there's no microtransactions past that. But with this game, they do the, like, Candy Crush, buy gems, gold, whatever, to get more power-ups and things like that. And it doesn't seem pay-to-win, but I, I like the doc- the- Dang it, I keep saying doctor! I like the Super Mario Run style of microtransactions better, just because I'm not a big fan of having to pay to get more lives and stuff. That's another thing. You get five lives, and every time you play, you lose one, and then you have to wait to get more once you run out. But overall, it's a pretty fun game. I, th I think, normally when I play mobile games, which 
believe me, isn't much. It's normally only the Nintendo ones. I play for like a month, and it's really fun, but then after that, I just get tired of it and never play it again. So, I'm thinking Dr. Mario is going to go that way, but... Hey, the NES game never gets tiring. But I think they're both fun. Okay, next topic. The Cuphead Netflix show. So, it was just announced that Cuphead, the video game, is getting a Netflix TV show. Or do you even call it a TV show at that point? Because you can watch it on everything? I don't know. I'm calling it a TV show. <laughs> um, There's not much known about this, but I'm really excited. I don't have Netflix, but I'm assuming it'll come on DVD or something at some point to watch it. But I've played the game. I didn't beat it. It's hard. But <laughs> I just I get distracted with other games. I don't finish games very often. But I love the animation style, and I'm a big fan of 30s, that era cartoons. So to see it turned into a video game and then a new cartoon made, that's going to be great. So I f it's even if you're not a fan of the video game and you're a fan of old cartoons, I feel like you're going to like this. And they have said, I'm reading this article from New York Post, that the Cuphead show will be... In the hand-drawn animation style, they're going to use as little digital animation as possible. And that it will be aimed towards adults, they said. And they said like the game. And the game really isn't, like, mature or anything. It's just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Not for kids. So, I don't really know what they're trying to mean like that. Maybe, like, with the nostalgia factor or... Maybe Cuphead is going to be shooting people and it's going to be rated R. I don't know. I don't see that ever happening. Uh, wow, I'm already down two topics. Okay. Let's move on to a movie-related topic. The Conjuring. So, I decided... Re okay, first... I know this is about talking about classic movies and games, but I'm gonna make an exception. Ah, I'm gonna make an exception <laughs> for The Conjuring because this podcast I can talk about whatever I want. So I've decided I'm going to watch all of The Conjuring movies just as in a row as I can, and I started. I'm watching them in order of when they were released, and I watched the first Conjuring, and I watched Annabelle. So, with the first Conjuring movie, yeah, I was pretty impressed. I really liked it. It gives me Exorcist vibes, um, maybe Hereditary, those two movies it's similar to, but it's really good. It starts off a little kind of boring, because it's just, oh, things move on their own, but it picks up, and there's demon people and stuff. It's good. <laughs> It, for those of you who don't know, I mean, you've probably been living under a rock if you don't know, because it's all over the advertising. This movie's based on a real story, and I did some, well, supposedly based on a true story, you know, it's ghost stuff, but I did some research onto the real case, and it's about ghost hunters who were real people, Ed and Lorraine Warren, 
And they investigated cases, and this whole Conjuring movie series is about cases they investigated in. Now, the the Warrens weren't in Annabelle, but they were in the first Conjuring. And I think they're going to be in the second, but I haven't watched that yet. But Lorraine Warren worked on this movie, and she claims that it is 100% accurate. So, when you're watching that, keep that in mind. It'll give you a little spooks. Uh, Annabelle, I read up on the Annabelle story that like supposedly really did happen and it's not near as dramatic as the movie the movie Annabelle I felt was kind of boring not as boring as the boy though the boy is really boring movie but it's it's okay a lot of the times Annabelle just doesn't do anything I mean (laughs) I don't know what to say other than it's boring it's the ending's good. It has its creepy moments. But compared to something like the original Child's Play where you actually see Chucky move and Annabelle, you never see Annabelle move. <laughs> Whereas Chucky, he's grabbing people, he's talking, he's funny. This movie, Annabelle, is just there and it will zoom in on her and then something will happen. It's got a, a storyline that's pretty unique. I'm not going to really spoil anything there, but in that sense it's good. But compared to the first Conjuring being a really good horror movie, this one was just meh. I'm not disappointed that I watched it, but I don't think that I will again. <laughs> it's it's worth a watch. A lot of people like it more than I do. I just, it's not really my thing. And I'm not saying a horror movie has to be action-packed. I love like the old... Universal horror movies that don't have that much action, but they're still good. This one just isn't very good. So, in the, I'm trying to pull this up now. Tonight, I'm going to be watching Conjuring 2. And then, the order after that is... So, after Conjuring 2, it's Annabelle Creation... Then The Nun. Then The Curse of La... I can't read the rest because there's a big watermark blocking the rest of the title in this picture. And then Annabelle Comes Home. And then Conjuring 3 I know is being made. But so far, good series. Annabelle was a little meh, but I'm not mad at that I watched it. And I really like the first Conjuring. So I'll keep you updated next episode on how this goes. My goal for this summer originally was to watch all of these movies that are considered, quote, classics. And although Conjuring is kind of a classic, I don't care. I've broken the rules on this so many times. But I've seen some good movies, including the next movie I'm going to talk about, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I remember watching this movie, I don't even know how many years ago, but I was little. It was just something my mom kind of put on and I didn't pay any attention to. I still somehow remember watching it. But I don't remember anything about it. So I decided I would re-watch it. Maybe, was it two nights ago? I think it was two nights ago. And I liked it. It was good. Like I said when talking about Cuphead. I like old style cartoons. So this was really good to me. 
because it had a lot of classic cartoons. It had a lot of characters from Fantasia and Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny and Daffy and all those characters. Roger Rabbit was a good original character. It almost feels like he should have his own cartoon if he didn't. You know what, let me look that up, because it surprised me if he didn't. Did Roger Rabbit have a cartoon? I mean, obviously I know he didn't exist before the movie, but I'm surprised he didn't after the movie. They could have made so much merchandise from that. But anyway. There's a lot... That movie... Well, I don't think it'd be PG if it came out today, because there's a lot of guns and stuff, but... Really good. Really good. It was funny. There's some... Some action. I like the dip. It's really... Really good dip. <laughs> the... The guy at the end, he's pretty freaky. I'm not going to spoil him. But nice nice twist. I watched it on VHS, which is another thing I want to talk about, VHS. Uh, my brain paused for a second there. That's yeah, I don't I don't I guess I haven't mentioned that anywhere online, but I collect VHS tapes. The reason why, I don't know. <laughs> the reason I originally got a VCR was so that I could watch Mewtwo Strikes Back, the Pokemon movie, because at the time it hadn't been released on DVD. Or at least if it was, I didn't know. <laughs> so I got the tape of Goodwill and then I got a VCR so I could watch it. And then after that, I went to a yard sale and I saw Jumanji and Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown for a quarter each. And I thought, man, a quarter for a movie? I mean, you know, VCR, it's low quality, but that's a good deal. It's a good deal. So I got those, and then it spiraled out of control. <laughs> I think maybe there's some level of nostalgia there because I did have a VCR growing up at my grandma's house. And then we had one for a little bit. But it's not... It doesn't explain the massive... Well, not massive, but I've probably got, let's see, over a hundred tapes. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'll get it. I think Goodwill tapes are 50 cents. Yard sales are normally a quarter. So maybe it's just because I like a good deal. There's also, sometimes there's movies that's just so retro feeling that it it would feel criminal not to watch such a 90s movie or such an 80s movie on a VCR. Like, the Friday the 13th movies, it just feels right. And even older movies, like the Universal movies, they just feel right on VCR. And with Godzilla, because I'm a big Godzilla fan, a lot of the American dubs are different on VHS. And in a lot of cases, the DVDs are rare or super expensive on DVD, so the only way you can really watch them is on VHS. So it does have its advantages with price and rarity and, you know, I think there are so many movies too, especially like 80s low budget or indie films, I just never did get DVD or Blu-ray releases. And this is the only way you can watch those. And although I don't 
think I have any that were never released on DVD or Blu-ray. If there was one I found out about that wasn't on those, then now I can watch it. There are some movies that I've had to like restrict myself on when I collect tapes. Because they do take up a lot of space. They're twice the size of a DVD case. I have to actually stack them on top of each other <laughs> to fit them all on my shelf. Most of them. But I have to restrict myself to movies that... Most horror movies I'll get on tape just because horror movies and VCR. Like I said, it's just one of those things that just feels right. So I'll get cartoons because... The thing about those is sometimes you can just get specific episodes on a tape. They normally have three or four episodes. And instead of like a DVD where you get a whole season and a lot of those episodes you don't want. And with a lot of Nickelodeon tapes especially, the commercials at the beginning are just great. I, I have a secret archive channel where I just upload some of those commercials for other weirdos like me who enjoy them. <laughs> Coming now, Spongebob, to DVD and video. I just, I could watch those all day. Some examples of movies that I think just feel right on VHS. Robocop, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Blair Witch Project. These are all tapes that just... It kind of feels criminal not to. It, there's just a certain charm to it. I, I don't know how to explain it. And sure, when you buy a VHS tape, you don't always have bonus features and things like that, but... Does anyone actually watch those? Occasionally, yes, but not regularly. There's also a problem... There is a problem I run into with VHS tapes. Which is that a lot of the times you find them sealed. And that's not... Well, hold on. Gotta pause for a second. Hold up. Okay, sorry. Had a text hand to respond to. Anyway, sealed tapes. Um, They're not rare. I see them all the time. And they're not valuable. They're only maybe like 50 cents more on eBay than the regular tape. But I have a problem which is that there are certain tapes I have sealed. That I want to watch so badly, but even though they're not valuable, my two reasons I don't open them is A, maybe they might one day. Maybe VHS makes it come back like vinyl. I see a lot of VHS-themed packaging and stuff at the store. Like, I think Funko sells t-shirts in VHS boxes, and I saw a, yeah, I saw a Big Lebowski shirt, and it looked like it came in a VHS box. Stuff like that. I also saw Jaws Blu-ray, but it was inside of a VHS clamshell case. That was really cool. I forgot about that until a second ago. I need to pick one up. But, so, if they ever do shoot it up in value, I'd hate to be the one that opened a tape that's now rare. And another thing is that, even though they're not valuable, I'd hate to open something that has survived like this for so long. It just feels like I'm opening history. Because maybe there won't, well, definitely there won't be a sealed Jurassic Park tape like the one I have in the future. They'll just all be open. So I, I feel wrong for contributing to that. And I mean, if I did open a tape, 
it'd be nice to see what a VHS tape looked like fresh out of the box because they lose quality every time you play them. But I just, like I said, it feels wrong. Like, I want to watch Blues Brothers because I've never seen the Blues Brothers, but the only tape I have of it sealed and I've never seen it open. <laughs> I do buy sealed tapes sometimes, just if it's a movie I really like so I could put it on display, like Science of the Lambs or Jurassic Park 3 or two examples that I have sealed. And they're really cool sometimes if they have a sticker, like one is uh, the Science of the Lambs tape I have is from when Blockbuster was selling off all their tapes because they were running out of money and going bankrupt. So it's got a $9 price sticker on it. Stuff like that's always interesting. But I'm just rambling at this point. I don't know if anyone cares about VHS. I thought I was the only one until I saw the Cinemassacre VHS collection. And then I thought, oh, I'm not the only weird person out there that likes tapes. But he grew up with it. James... The Cinemassacre creator did. So he has an excuse, which is nostalgia. I, I don't know why. I mean, I talked about why I think I like him, but I don't know. But what I do know is this podcast will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Yes, your boy, yours truly, has a sponsor. If you are a YouTuber out there like me or someone who wants to be a YouTuber, then let me tell you about this beautiful, beautiful thing. TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is an extension that I have used for a long time before they even sponsored this, alright? So this is coming from someone who genuinely uses and loves TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is a browser extension or app, the browser extension is the one I prefer, that will help you manage and grow your YouTube channel. Now, TubeBuddy gives you many tools and methods on how to grow your channel, how to get your videos more views, more subscribers, and they also have a YouTube channel where they give you tips and video form. It's really, really useful. Now, TubeBuddy, one of, one of many features they have that I like is that when you upload your video, it has a checklist. And this checklist will tell you things such as add tags to your description, title length, maybe your title is too long or too short. And it'll either be... Blank if you don't have that thing. Red if your title's too long. Or green if it is a perfect title. So it helped you grow in that sense. That it literally tells you how good your different title, description, playlist, whatever is. And if you have all green on your video, good. Another thing. My Dr. Phil video. My Dr. Phil the movie is one of the recent videos I uploaded. After the first week, that video was stuck at 40 views. No one else was watching it, right? So I go to TubeBuddy. And this is a something that you can only get on the browser extension. And they have this tag tool where it will rent, it will rate your tags. You can click on a tag, and it will tell you on a scale of 1 to 100 how good that tag is. So I went through my tags, and anything that was under 50, I got rid of and put a new tag. And now that video is gaining around 10 views a day. So it dramatically helped that video. And this is all free! It's all free! There's literally no reason you should not be using TubeBuddy, alright? If you're listening to this, and you make YouTube videos, and you don't have TubeBuddy, what are you doing? So you can go to TubeBuddy.com slash rewind, and you can get TubeBuddy for free. Or, you can buy the premium subscription, or whatever. They have different prices, different tiers, that all have more and more features. So you can go to TubeBuddy, you can create your free account, or a paid account, preferably. 
and you're not only helping out the podcast, but you are helping you grow your channel. So once again, go to TubeBuddy.com slash Rewind and start your TubeBuddy account today. Hope you enjoyed that sponsored message. I took a nice walk outside while it played. And now my throat is healed because it hurts after talking alone for a while. So, next topic, Billy Mitchell, the legend himself, has regained his perfect Pac-Man score. Now, if you don't know who Billy Mitchell is, oh, maybe and I don't know, you've probably been living under a rock or you got hit by a rock and forgot who Billy Mitchell is, but he is this guy who is known for his world records at video games. Most popular one would probably be Donkey Kong. There is a movie made about him and the guy he was going against, Steve Weeb. Or the Weeby, it's one of the two. <laughs> and where it's about them competing to get the Donkey Kong score. It's a movie called King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. It's really good, and soon I'll be meeting Walter Day, who is in that movie. But that's for that's for a very special episode coming soon. Billy Mitchell about was it last year or was it two years ago? I've kind of lost all concept of time since I've been out of school, but he was caught cheating, supposedly. He, okay, so there's two different stories here, but basically, the footage he sent in where he gets his world record Donkey Kong score was analyzed, and a real arcade machine, the game loads, I don't remember if it's up, up to down or left to right, but it loads one way, and then if you're playing it on a computer that's emulating... Then it loads another way. And when his footage is slowed down, which it was, then you can see that it was played on not real hardware. And there's a whole different record section for being played on not real hardware. Now, he claimed that his record was on real hardware and that this tape was sent in by someone that's been, like, harassing him and claimed to be Billy Mitchell, but I don't know about that. But basically... He got caught for cheating. Or supposedly cheating. Depends on where you look at this. But he has been doing a redemption on Twitch to show people that he does actually have the skill and that these records were supposedly real. He, I don't know if he got his Donkey Kong record back or if he just topped a million points. But he did get a really big score on Donkey Kong and now he's trying Pac-Man. And on his second most famous score, there's a the Great Big Story documentary, mini documentary about this, was that he got to the final level 256 on Pac-Man, and that's the final level because the arcade system only has enough memory to load half the screen, so you literally cannot even go beyond that. It's called the kill screen. And the creator of Pac-Man didn't even know that the screen existed until Billy Mitchell showed him. So, it's a really hard thing to achieve. But, a few days ago, he did it. He got to the kill screen again. He did it live on Twitch. So, what do I think of this? What what does Carson think of Billy Mitchell getting his score back? I've always liked Billy Mitchell. Like, cheater or not, he seems like a pretty cool dude. (laughs) So, I'm I'm glad he got the score. I like the movie King of Kong... Uh, it's, it's nice to see that even if he did cheat this, he does have skill, and I think that he will get his records back. Because when he got caught for cheating, all his records were wiped away. And I do, I like a good redemption story. So, I'm hoping that 
whatever other scores they took off, he can get back. And it's just really cool to see anyone, Billy Mitchell or not, get to the kill screen in Pac-Man. You have to do so many special maneuvers around Ghost 256 times. It's just, it's, if you watch footage of him trying to do this, because he live-streamed the whole thing, it's amazing how he does these, I mean, there's just, like, half a second times where if he, if he would have moved any later, he would have got killed by a ghost. It's just, it's crazy, man. <laughs> Next, and believe, final topic, it looks like final topic. The Pokemon National Dex controversy. So, another thing that has been blowing up on the internet is that in Pokemon Sword and Shield, the new upcoming games, not every Pokemon will be in it. It has been a popular thing in every Pokemon game ever, where you have the regional Dex, which is all the Pokemon you can catch in the main series game, in the main, like the campaign, whatever, the story. All the Pokemon you can catch there, there's normally around two or three hundred. And then there's the National Dex, which is every Pokemon ever that you can transfer into the game, hack into the game, whatever. But it's all 800 plus Pokemon. I don't even know how many there are now. They keep adding so many. But this game will be the first ever where you can't get every Pokemon ever. You can't even transfer your old Pokemon. You have to get the ones in the regional decks. And a lot of people are mad about that. And when I mean mad, I mean... <laughs> so, there's a couple reasons why. One, after you beat the regular Pokedex, a lot of people like to try and wander trade or do whatever they can, go in the older games and then try and cash them and then transfer them up. They like to try and get that National Dex. I've, it seems like way too much of a hassle to me, so I've never done it. But I do like to see how many Pokemon I can get from the decks. Not necessarily complete it, but last game I got 400. Let's see if this game I can get 5. Just see how high I can go. So it is sad that you can't do that. And another thing is that ever since, I think, Ruby and Sapphire you've been able to transfer your Pokemon up to the newest game. So some people have that one Mudkip or that one, I don't know, Weedle that they've transferred from game to game, and now they won't be able to use it in their new game. And a lot of competitive players, they transfer their really good Pokemon that they've been training for years into the newer game so that they can use them competitively in battle. But now they won't be able to do that. So I really do think it stinks that they're doing this, but... What's worse is the reason Pokemon is claiming that they have to do this. I spilled water on myself. Anyway. They're doing this, supposedly, because it would take too much time to make all these new models and new animations better than ever if they had all these Pokemon. So it sounds good. If that's what they were doing, I'd be glad. But then, if you look at gameplay footage, it's the exact same animations they've been using for years now. And the models, they said... Neighbors. <laughs> Neighbor noises. They said that they made the models future-proof, which means they can be easily upscaled to look better. 
so the models have no excuse. The animations look just as bad as usual. But this time they don't have the excuse of, oh, it's on a Game Boy, oh, it's on a DS. These are weak consoles. We can't make them any better. It's on the Switch. This is a system that's running Doom Eternal. Uh, the Witcher... F- isn't isn't the Witcher getting ported? I don't know. It's running all these beefy games. So it, why can't they have these animations? If they actually were improving animations, I'd understand why they didn't have Pokemon. But since they're not, can they at least add them as a patch later on? And they've responded to this. They're not changing it. But I just don't get it. Now, I do think it is completely wrong, the people that are just harassing developers. Like, that's that's not okay. But I understand why people are upset, and although I'm still going to buy the game, I don't care that much. I understand why a lot of people really, really hate this, and they're not going to buy the game because of it. But it's just, it's person to person. I don't care that much. It stinks, but I don't, I don't really care, so I'm still going to buy it. Some people don't care at all, so they're still going to buy it. And some people, they hate this, so they're not going to buy it. It's a Pokemon game, so even though it has bad graphics, it re- okay, not bad graphics, but come on, you can do better. Some scenes are just obviously reused from the 3DS models that they didn't bother to mess with, but it does look better. <laughs> it looks better, but I don't care about that. I play Pokemon because it's fun. It's never looked good, and you can hear my throat getting worse and worse from talking for so long. I need to get a guest on here soon so that I can take breaks and let them talk. That's why I need guests. But as much as I'd like to talk longer, I think I'm going to have to end this podcast because it hurts. I don't know why it hurts so much, but like 10 minutes into the podcast and I'm already needing a lot of water. I'll either have a guest on next episode or the episode after that. I'll try. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. I can't. I don't know how long I've been recording because I can't see the screen of my camera. But I hope you enjoyed. If you haven't listened to the last episode, go ahead and do that. It's on YouTube and SoundCloud. Or if you haven't listened to the pilot episode, it, I don't think it's as good because it's a pilot, but it's a YouTube exclusive. Go subscribe to YouTube. I put a lot of effort into the visuals. I think the one I used for this episode is pretty cool. Last episode is a VHS tape. It looks great. It looks great. So just even if I'm not saying listen to it twice, you don't have to. These are long. Don't waste your time. Well, you're not wasting your time. Listen to these a hundred times and you're gaining enlightenment because this is the best podcast ever. It's not. It's not the best podcast, but it's a good one. Go check out the visuals. I like them. Make them your desktop background. I don't care. They look great. At least I think. I put a lot of work into them. Anyway, I'm rambling on. My throat hurts. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review, comment, like, repost, whatever. I don't know what this is going to be on. I need three episodes before the podcast can be on iTunes, so one more to go, and then it might be on iTunes. If there's another platform you want this podcast on, let me know. Let me know on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. And that is all for today. Have a good one.